Welcome to the third episode of Combo Chain. It's a games club podcast focusing on uh, JRPGs and other games related to that genre. Um, I'm Paul M. Davis, and who am I here with? Oh, hi, I'm Davide. I, I, I exist. I, I am a human being who exists in the world as matter. Hello, Hello. David. Uh, yeah, I've interacted. Yeah, we've interacted uh, for a few years, like on uh, online, but uh, never had a chance to actually talk in person. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool to get a chance to talk. And I'm glad that we found yeah, we found right. a time that like both works for both of us in time zones. Because <laughs> yeah, t- time is weird. Fortunately for me, like at this point, every time works because I don't have a job anymore, which means that I don't sleep anymore. You know what? I'm in the same boat, so, you know, maybe this is fated to happen. <laughs> yeah, the, this is the, the, the beginning of a JRPG. We'll go on an adventure, we'll slay some monsters, and we'll kill a god, probably. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I got the idea. I mean, I already do another JRPG podcast about Shin Megami Tensei, which listeners to this probably are already familiar with. Um you know, and I started that while I was on disability, or no, I started that a long time ago, but then I was like, I'm going to start a second podcast about JRPGs while I was on disability. And then um, I decided to continue it uh, now that uh, I, like you, are jobless. So <laughs> I, 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 do, I do like that both of the podcasts that you run are like about games that are like 50 hours long. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's... That that's easy. That's that's like an easy task. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's kind of it's kind of an insane insane thing to take on, but at the same time, that's kind of like what I what I dig. So uh, yeah, this is one we are. This episode we're doing a uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, which uh, was released, uh, you know, uh, for the uh, Nintendo 3DS, and uh, it's a pretty pretty controversial title. Um, just because it changed so much, uh, I guess just to kind of start out, what's your history with the Fire Emblem series, David? Okay, I came into so here. Here's the thing: I came into Fire Emblem with uh, GameCube and Wii title, which were games that did a specific thing that I loved. They were tight resource management game, and then pretty much none of the other came to that, or most of the other games are. Uh, I think more like Awakening, although Awakening is even more like get get your dolls and have them yeah. like smooch each other. Uh, I, I really disliked Awakening when it came out. Um, I think replaying it, it sort of has soft stuff in my view of it. Uh, still not my favorite one, but it's just like it, it's all right. Yeah, I would definitely not say it's my favorite one either, but I think it's interesting just because it's like such a like pivotal point for the series like basically uh oh yeah it's when it's it's when the series decided oh persona is popular we should do that well also uh you know i mean this is kind of legend but this how happened was uh you know intelligent systems which is a second party developer for nintendo and basically has mostly done fire emblem and uh advanced wars those are kind of and they they also did they also do the paper mario i can't remember i think they may have done Uh... Paper Mario I'm games, sure. but um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I can't say that for sure. But yeah, they're kind of like bread and butter was Fire Emblem, and uh, you know, during the um, Game Boy Advance era, uh, era Advance Wars, um, and Nintendo basically came to them in uh, 2010 and was like, "This is gonna. Your sales have always been low, even though we, we recently brought you to the to the U.S. for you know the Game Boy Advance and GameCube and uh, Wii titles and uh, and DS. Um, but you know your sales are low. If this doesn't hit like 
250 copies, 250,000 copies sold, the franchise is done. And so they made a lot of change. They made some major changes to the mechanics as far as like making it more accessible and also definitely pulling some some of the life sim and uh, dating sim stuff from uh, Persona. And as a result, it sold like 290,000 copies in Japan in the first week and 390,000 in the U.S. um, for all time. So, you know, after that, Nintendo was like, oh, well, your next uh, next game, Fates, is going to be three titles, and we're going to go for the Pokemon model with it. And, uh, <laughs> and so that, since then, you know, it's like, it's maybe it's not like, it's definitely not like an A-tier Nintendo franchise. It's not like a Zelda or a Mario, but it's definitely like a B-tier. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the new one, Three Houses, have like really, I, I don't know the exact budget of the game, but it looks like a, like a big Nintendo game, right? It looks like it has... Like lots of production value. Oh yeah, I mean nice. like the graphics. The, so, like, yeah, it's, I mean it's like it's about as HD as they're going to get on the Switch. Um, which I mean, you know, I think it looks, yeah. looks pretty good. I'm not too much of a stickler for graphics. Um, and it, it, I, it, it's really like I, I really dig the um, the like mm-hmm. cel shaded style. Um, I, again, I'm not. I'm not the person that's gonna go and be like, "Oh, if you if you emulate the game, you can run it on like 4K and it's so much better." I just, yeah, I just like the style. It looks nice when I play. It, it looks pretty Switch. great. You know, I mean, I don't need it to be 60 FPS or whatever. It's a tactical RPG. Yeah. Um, I think you know, kind of going back and talking about my history with Fire Emblem, I think um, I got into it. You know, it's funny. Uh, I remember I got into it. I didn't even have a DS, but I was emulating it. I mean, this was probably 2003, 2004. I had uh, broken my leg and I was uh, on disability for six months. And I discovered it like by emulating DS games on my, you know, HB Pavilion Windows you know, 2000 <laughs> computer. Um it just kind of hit a sweet spot for me because I really like tactical RPGs. This is kind of the level of like tactics that works for me. Like I don't want to get into these kind of like 4K games that like make me like manage all these extremely esoteric like things like Oh yeah, Forex, yeah. Forex. I don't want to get into these kind of like very like, you know, there's all these like really esoteric systems to manage like I just want to be able to kind of like focus on like, oh, here are the classes, you know, here are the support systems, and it's kind of like anime chess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, a, I feel there is a definite pleasure in Fire Emblem, especially like aside from Awakening, which has a much like wider spanning set of system. But especially as I was saying, when you look at the um, GameCube, Radiant Down, Radiant Down and uh, the GameCube and Wii one of the, the, that pleasure of you you have a definite set of resources. Like you have five dudes and you have to figure out how to win this battle with these five dudes. And you cannot really like go back, get more dudes, go back, do something else. You have like this one scenario in front of you, the set number of resources, and you have to solve it. That's definitely a, a pleasure in that security of like, Everything is simple. Everything like you can keep everything in your mm-hmm. brain at the same time and try and solve it rather than having to like look at forty menus. Which is, I am um, personally, I I can play like a, a Crusader King too, right? I can play a game that's like forty <laughs> menus, figure out what all of this stuff does. But like Fire Emblem is like a different kind of play. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like I like getting wonky with that kind of stuff too. And I mean, I definitely you know like in the Souls Souls game would like get really kind of wonky with that stuff but uh i you know one series that i've gotten in you know slightly into you know somewhat into but i, I just kind of like burn out about 20 hours into is uh, monster hunter and that in a different way like I, I have an app on my iphone that's basically just a like database for monster hunter stats and like <laughs> and it's like at a certain point if you need if you need to have a database on your phone for <laughs> for like min maxing like the game like at a certain point i i, I lose my interest <laughs> uh, I, I was saying that said fire emblem does have its share of like mechanics that the game doesn't tell you like in the 
even in this one, in Awakening, like you, you always need to sort of get your unit to level twenty before class it because that's how you're in oh, yeah. it and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and um, I, I always find um, sort of the uh, you know uh, kind of the, the supports. Uh, yeah, getting the support levels up <laughs> to be kind of a mystery. I mean, on the face of it, it should work pretty easily, but I remember in. Uh, and Fates, I, I was trying to get the support set levels up just because, like, I wanted to take the one, like, uh, like uh, queer relationship route that had been added to the game. And just for whatever reason, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. And I was like, do I really want to, like, go and, like, go, go to GameFAQs to figure out how I can, like, make this one, like, obscure romantic relationship oh, I have, that I have ab- to the game? Like, work, I have absolutely no shame at, like, Googling. Every time something looks a bit fishy, I'm going to Google it and I'm going to see how it yeah. works. Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am not, you know, yeah. I, I may like play like a Dark Souls trying to not Google something, but like I want to know the systems in Fire Emblem. I'm, this, this is not a game about being surprised by how the systems work. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. That, uh, yeah, that's that, that's true. And I, I, I have done some games facts digging Fire Emblem games. But um, yeah, at the same time, I think maybe the fact that it was like, that a lot of the ones I played are on portable systems. No, that's so not uh, necessarily. Also, yeah. like I am going to go. Right there I, with my this is not a rant, but it's just something that annoys me. There's there there isn't a, a a web browser on the Switch because they got pissed that they hacked the the 3ds with the oh, browser, yeah. which means that every time I need to Google something about three houses, I'm gonna go upstairs and grab my computer and type things into Google <laughs> rather than just pressing home and fight searching things on the browser. It's, it's well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous because there is a web browser in the switch. Like if you go to the like Facebook share, like it's clearly the, like there's got like, a little, like, you know, the Facebook or yeah, Twitter share. But if you try and go somewhere else from there, like, it just says, no, stop, go away. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those weird decisions where I understand why they probably did it but at the same time you know i mean like you had one on the ds like come on <laughs> and the, like I, I, again like, like so it feels like there's like a bunch of people where that doesn't change as much and then there's like people who play pokemon and fire emblem who are like okay what how, how this pokemon evolves again let me just check on the browser those are like the two kind of people who use the 3ds browser and for those kind of people it's like the best thing ever yeah 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 i mean i'm not gonna be like uh you know <laughs> like reading the news on the 3ds but <sighs> so yeah getting back to awakening um yeah just talking about mechanics i mean it's it's really kind of like on a basic level it's 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 your typical fire emblem you know you've got a grid they expanded, I understand, they expanded some of the grids from like 16 by 16 to larger. But that was kind of the, their base uh, for, for previous games. Um, they expanded those to larger ones. You're, you know, kind of, it's turn-based. It's, you know, very kind of like basic tactical base. And you've got the, you know, sort of mechanics, like the support mechanics. Uh, you've got the weapons triangle, which... Uh, yeah, it's just kind yeah, of like it's, uh, rock, paper, scissors. Th- there's a whole um, set of like, you know, it started as the weapon triangle and then it's like, now there's the magic triangle too. Now that's like, this weapon is good against flyer. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So now it's like this interesting tapestry of like weaknesses and strong. Yeah, it's, it is really cool, you know, and it's interesting because uh, not to turn into a Three Houses podcast, but it's interesting because Three Houses gets does away with that. And it's, you know, even basic things like I'm like, Wait, that Pegasus Knight like didn't take like as much damage from the uh, from the archer as they should have. What the hell's going on? <laughs> it it is stronger, but you used to. I mean, I I remember it being where it's like if you had a flying dude and they came up about along with an archer, like they were they were dust, and like it was the same like the other way. Like you could take them out with one shot with like even a not very power powerful person with a bow, um, and now you can't really like one shot them. You've got. <laughs> And it's just <laughs> right. Okay. Oh no, I, I, I have a. I am pretty sure that um, 
maybe some things may not still be there, but the actors are definitely it certainly is easier than because previous uh, entries. But it's also like a little check mark um, when you're hitting you know, something. I, that's that, that irritates. That's I mean, an awakening was easier than previous flight entries, dude. and that kind of irritates some of the people hardcore. But at the same time, after playing four or five of these games, I, I'm okay with not having permadeath. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I mean. I, I would say that you can, mm-hmm. but my experience so far with three houses is that I one shot everything. So like maybe I, I will co- I will get back to you when I play it at heart because at normal it's just like okay everything is dead when it comes. Yeah, to I'm kind of in between. Fine, but like I cannot really. I'm kind of in between. This, yeah, I like I, I like some some level that, difficulty, but I also don't want to put two hours into a map and then you know have one fuck up mean that I have to start over. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with people having the choice of not having permadeath. Like, I don't, I'm I have, like I have no interest in someone being forced to play permadeath if they don't want to. Uh, I'm I, I will play it with permadeath because I think that makes it more interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that, I I think it's like completely fine that there's a choice. Like some people just want to take their doll and make them smooch each other, and that's like a completely fine way to play the game. And I'm happy that there's a way for them to play that way. Once again, once again, turning this into a Treehouses podcast, the rewind function in Treehouses is the best. I love it. I think it's just so nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, like, the, I, like um, I, I think the random results are still like seeded, so you cannot really do, you know, try an attack again and again until it works. I think it's but great. It's fine. Sometimes I like sometimes you do just it. don't like consider the rapture like down in the corner. They don't like you do. It. They don't make it so easy as to that like that it's like safe scumming, but the option is there to turn it backwards. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I seem to remember like. <laughs> Uh, Shadow Dragon for the DS being like a ge- like a game where I would be, be I'd put in I mean a good hour hour and a half into a map and then um, you know I'd be like oh I now I'm down I'm down to like three people left in my in my party and I'm just about to take down the boss and then all of a sudden like ten new enemies like come in from different sides and fuck. <laughs> so yeah one of the biggest, most significant and controversial changes to uh, the fire the fire emblem awakening uh mechanics was to make permadeath op- optional and also let you change difficulty on the fly um it also you know increased the focus on romantic relationships between characters uh yeah some people really kind of dislike the entrance of these kind of persona elements in the series but uh you know, other people, that's what they're coming for. And then there's other people oh, like me. Where I'm, kinda Although, like, I think know, I, I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll play with that mechanic, but it's not I think the support dialogue, for. especially but now we're playing it, made, it's just like, good. Um, uh, the, the, the franchise. Like, like, I like the idea of some of this uh, character, you know, but every time there are like, words on the like screen of them talking, the reason why we can have more Fire Emblem games, it's not particularly engaging to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And and talking about the story, that's also like sort of a change, right? You had as again, like maybe maybe not because I know that like some elements, like the map and stuff like that. You I think the general the story is interesting. Work around uh, to a certain and get degree. some quest. Um, also but in, um, I think Secret the, Stone, yeah, the, which was the actual like, this. but you know, coming from uh, Radiant and dialogue and is part of Radiance, they, those were very like somewhat like medieval politics game where there was like lots of intrigue lots of like complex relationships between nation they were they were sort of unique in their way in how they approached the storytelling the best thing about the Wii sequel is that and this is a complete aside but in the in the first game you fight the the big fantasy war against the the king of evil or whatever and the, the sequel is about like normal people who lived in the Kingdom of Evil, and now are sort of screwed by having lost the war and living in a really shit place. So it, 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 they had really interesting plot. Well, this is, I'm not saying it's bad. Again, like I played it again and like t- taken as a JRPG plot with no relationship to the previous game. It's like fine, it's enjoyable, has some interesting thing going <laughs> on, but it's definitely a much more like classic, like we are killing zombies. <laughs> commanded by a necromancer plot which is fine again but it's uh definitely a departure from previous game which did 
thing that were a bit more complex and less like tropey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I. I, I I think that it's interesting. I, like with, when I'm within the game, I am pretty engaged with story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because before uh, <laughs> uh, Three Houses came out, I guess about a week before the story or story elements got uh, got leaked on the internet, and there's a lot of lot of like uproar in the Fire Emblem like fan community about that and lots of warnings about, you know, watch out for spoilers out there. And I was like, I played like seven of these games and I can't remember anything. Like why, why are you so, <laughs> I can remember that the shadow dragon is bad and, that, <laughs> you know, Marth is like, well, now, King, now, like... now the hypothesis of, um, of a um, big strategy yeah, game it's, it's is not, uh, like, very interesting. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not sitting around like, <laughs> Kind of like analyzing. Um, oh, and and, you know, and then you have like, the plot you have of, uh, Fire Agent Emblem, Cooper like that can like reclass at like the Agent lost. Cooper from from <laughs> series later. three, and then reclass again as FBI agent at the end. That's a whole mechanic that you can have there. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, we have a game here, but yeah, I mean, again, I think there are at least there are Fire Emblem in a series that have like. Quite interesting stuff going on. I think Awakening, it's like it's good. Like I don't have a problem with the uh, with the narrative, but it's definitely a bit more like fluffy and like just straightforwardly fun, which is fine because it also has like a big focus on like character interaction. And I feel maybe having too much of a plot might have interfered with having a game that's more focused on like how these characters relate to each other, which takes the front stage. Yeah. Is it is it is it the first Fire Emblem with like custom player avatars? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, you could and you could reclass uh, Leland Palmer. You know, it's like he starts out pretty pretty low powered, but if you reclass him as Bob, <laughs> yeah, you you are following like a bunch of people, and none of them was necessarily the protagonist. But here it's more like you you are custom make custom person and uh, go around like pairing people up and, and like need couple yeah yeah <laughs> oh three houses are, like the first two hours of three houses is like characters yeah, standing around you telling where, you how great uh, you, you know, are they, which is like very 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 nice it's just like hey, professor you're the best and it's just, you, yeah you know, yeah the best the default name really is robin but name. your character avatar is uh is kind of a character in the game but yeah. you're also they're kind of ineffectual it's like it's kind of like playing you until later in, in the plot, it's like placing an avatar into the game, but they don't really have much to do or say until later on in the game. Which, uh, sure, go. I, I'm just looking at the notes right now, so go on. I think so. I think it is. Yeah, in the past, you know, you were just kind of like, uh, you know, standing over, moving your, uh, moving your chess pieces around the board in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but you're also not the main protagonist, which is kind of weird. You're just sort of like the the uh, side guy. It's 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 kind of a strange. I don't know. It's kind of a strange choice. I I think like if you compare that to say like uh, three houses. I love I love you know, this you proves are the, the thing that we said before. The player that avatar. I, I am listening to you. I'm like, is this what happens in the game? I don't. I don't. I don't remember this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. and you definitely like get in you know it's like you know it's it's definitely still like you're the silent silent avatar but you have actual interactions with people and you know it's it's like you have story trees and you know you feel like a much more active player um in what's going on in the game so uh should we get into that story uh that we've talked <laughs> we've kind of talked about in the general sense okay yeah, so I mean, basically, how it sets up is uh, about a thousand years have passed since uh, the Shadow Dragon uh, died at the hands of Marth, and uh, the continent of uh, Arcania was united under a single flag under its rule. Um, basically, you know, countries have come and gone. 
uh, Arcania is again three nations, and uh, the defendant, the sentence of Marth and his wife, uh, Kada, or Seda, no, I don't I'm know. just saying that you start with the best tropes um, of the games where you start family, with like, your least, final battle, um, and everyone is super powerful, so you can see dragon, how powerful uh, nation you will be at the end of the game. Divine so dragon like, Naga. Really and they possess the brand of Naga on the bodies and are owners of the uh, Divine Blade, Falcon, and the Fire Emblem. <laughs> This is the backstory. <laughs> so, yeah, this does not actually happen. This is just the backstory. Um, so, you know, there's basically reports of bizarre and dangerous behavior happening in uh, Plagia, which is a kingdom neighboring Elise, which uh, instead worships Grima, the fell dragon, which once uh, threatened mankind and opposed Naga. Uh, so in response to this news, Elise's prince, uh, Krom, uh, is uh, basically convened a small militia called the Shepherds to uh, kind of look at Plegia's actions and repel violent acts from their neighbor. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, there's reports of strange undead creatures roaming the lands. And there's a swordsman uh, claiming to be the hero king Marth uh, himself in the flesh, who's reappeared. Uh, and apparently he's wielding the same falcon now in uh, Krom's possession. And so this is where the game actually starts. Uh, there's uh, basically the, what's that? No, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And, you know, yeah, it's it's always a great trope. And then you are killing Krom. Uh, you are the amnesiac avatar who, you know, like it's kind of like, uh, built-in name is Robin, uh, who's, you know, having the stream, and you wake up in a field, and uh, Krom finds you, and uh, basically you join the shepherds, uh, because they see you ex ex exhibiting the qualities of a tactician when uh, they defend a near t nearby town from bandits. Um, so, yeah, you, you, all the, the, I think the shepherds, like, go to Ragnaferox, which I remember. It's, like, the place where everyone is sort of, like, fighting. And you go there, and you're like, you should fight us to ally with us. And you fight <laughs> them, and they're like, great, we're basically the clean guns, we're fine now that we fought. Um, uh And, yeah, you, you fight pleasure forces, that's just, like, war and you win and it's like is, is the game over yet but no there's zombies so after you win the little war um there are revenant monsters called the reason we are helped by they are helped by a masked man masked man that calls himself marched and you sort of oh and mm -hmm. and yeah and then emberin which is like the the priestess lady, right, is killed by Valida and his minions. So you have like this really sad bit of the story when she's almost killed. This character died, and so oh wait, no, yeah, almost killed. Right, I'm. Does no, she, that's she totally dies fine. at some You're point, good. doesn't she? Sorry, my my brain is like dead when. Uh, yeah, the assassination plot is foiled with the aid with from Mart, which is again it's like fun because if you played the previous games. You know the Mart was a character, and you're like, oh, is this Mart? Is this not Mart? Yeah. Uh, I I haven't played the game with Mart, so I was just like, this is a name. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know Mart from, 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 uh, from, from, uh, the, the, from Smash Bros. Was one of the advanced uh, games Mart was in. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, then you know Mars from Smash Brothers as being like one of the five like <laughs> sword sword carrying Smash Fire Emblem Smash Brothers characters. <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not Ike. Um, who has prior knowledge of the event and is also revealed to be a woman. Big trees. Woman can fight. Who knew? They can use force. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, soon after, the Plegian forces capture Emerin as she goes to parley with King Gangrel in the the like the like usual scene of like the, the priestess being like, Oh, I'm going to talk with them and I know this is going to be bad, but I'm going there anyway, and everyone is sort of like sad. Um and yeah, and they fight you start fighting Plegia's forces, you start fight the reason and the and I think I'm reading the cat the oh Gangrel demands the fire emblem in exchange for Emerin's life, which fortunately is not translated as the flame crest, like in the the Three Houses game, which is odd. Crom um, almost accepts, but Emerin stops him by just jumping over a cliff, becoming a martyr, martyr to both Lisa and Plija. And this is where the, the big sad bit comes in when everyone is sad because she died. Um, eventually you win, and the game's end. Credits, bro. 
Yeah, uh, Shepard's Triumph over Plagia, uh, Gangrel dies, you restore peace. This is the game, right? Yep, you think. But then... <laughs> two then years... You never play Emblem. There's a time skip. <laughs> yeah, there is a time skip. And uh, so Crom uh, has uh, inherited the throne and uh, gets married and uh, fathers a daughter named uh, Lu- Lucina. Or Lucina. And uh, another character you might know from uh, Smash Brothers. Um, which is actually oh, is one, she of my... in one of the Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah, she's at least in the newest one. She's actually one of my favorites. Um, the, the the last Smash Brothers I played was the Wii one. So she's basically, I mean, she's basically the uh, female Crom uh, in Smash Brothers. So <laughs> cool. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, she's basically got the same powers. Uh, she's just a little more stylish and cool to play as. Um, yeah, so Crom uh, uh, leads the Shepherds again when uh, Emperor Valhart of Valm uh, threatens to v- invade Lys. And uh, during this campaign, Mars returns and reveal- reveals that uh, she is Lucina from a alternate timeline from more than 10 years in the future where uh, Grima has been resurrected and used the time-traveling spell devised by Naga to return to the past in order to prevent the, the events leading to her future. And I think this is where Awakening really jumped out to me because I am such a sucker for time travel stories. Um, sure. uh, you know, up until this point, I'm actually not like that into just kind of like rote fantasy, um, medieval yeah. fantasy kind of stuff. Um, and after, you know, up to this point, I was just like, oh, I like the series. I like, you know, kind of like the basic kind of, you know, simple tactical RPG kind of stuff. I'm going to play it. And then about halfway through the game, we get we start getting like time travel involved. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically to combat uh, Grima, Krom has to perform the Awakening, which is a ritual that grants him Naga's power which uh, basically is uh, combining the Fire Emblem with five magical gems, which are divided among the nations. Uh, yeah, so basically like the Infinity Stones. The three first. <laughs> um, so during, after, uh, during and after the war in Valm, uh, basically the shepherds retrieve four of the gemstones. They're uh, then ambushed by Valdar, the new king of Plagia, and the Avatar's uh, father, who uh, offers them the last gemstone. Uh, Valar basically contor- takes control of you, the you know the Avatar player, and steals Fire Emblem from Emblem from Krom. And uh, you know he also reveals that the Avatar was born as the ideal vessel for Grima. So uh, yeah, you're uh, you're basically supposed to be uh, the embodiment of the Fell Dragon, and, uh, yeah. and, and, and like technically like the son of the the son or daughter of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so Lucina realizes that Grima basically used the, you know, used you to kill Krom in her timeline, and attempts to uh, execute them. Krom forces them to stand down, uh, remaining confident that uh, you can overcome uh, Grima's uh, control. And here's where kind of you know basically the game kind of splits off into two different. Uh, Two different kind of scenarios. Um, if uh, basically, if it works out that uh, you, the avatar, is actually uh, Lucina's husband or mother, uh, yeah, which is very weird. Uh, Lucina yeah. is a- unable to go through it and stands down on her own. And the shepherds track down Validar, who uses the avatar to attack Krom, mirroring the events of the nightmare. Um, but in this case, uh, you basically use your foreknowledge to prevent. Krom's death, allowing to uh, the shepherds to kill Valadar and recover the fire emblem. So, yeah, either Valadar, yeah, either she's your, God, yeah, there, it's not strictly like incest, but it's it's very strange. And I mean, you can literally have like Cassin marry in this game, so uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, can you marry your children? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you you can definitely have like Catherine's Mary, which is. I remember I wrote a review of this game like when it came out, and I found it extremely like troubling and amusing that uh, Catherine's Mar- marrying your cousin cousin is alright in this game, but like queer relationships are like no right. You can't have any of those. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
Which they've, I mean, you know, to their credit, I mean, and I'm not saying that, like, they're doing it, they've done a great job with it, but, like, at least in Fates, they had, I think, like, one queer relationship, and I think in three houses, depending on your gender, they have four or five, but none of them are still handled that great, but I'd say, yeah, I'd say, um, you know, at least Nintendo's trying, as opposed to Atlas. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna look at Fire Emblem as a paragon of wokeness anytime soon. I think. I yeah. I just kind of like you know, especially since I host a Shin Megami Tensei and Persona podcast. I'm like, well, it's not great, but looking at Atlas and the homophobia and Persona Five and the transphobia in <laughs> uh, a number of their games, I you know the like outright homophobia and transphobia. It's like. I don't know. At least Nintendo's giving it a go. <laughs> they don't get like, you know, they don't get like a woke award, but you know, maybe they'll get it in another 10 years. Get it right. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, I don't know. Did you, do you have anything to add to that? Or? No, I am just confused by all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading at this thing and being like, I guess this is what has happened. Uh, my, my experience of the game was like, killing zombies mm-hmm. in a bunch and then like killing the bad guy there was a big dragon at some point i think yeah there is there is basically uh what happens is uh, you know the possessed uh avatar from lucina lucina's future appears and basically reveals that the present timeline avatar's amnesia was uh caused by grima's unsuccessful attempt to possess them so you've got like multiple timelines all kind of like crashing into each other so the future avatar where Robin then uses the power caver- gathered for Grima's resurrection to uh, restore its dragon form. So you know you're starting to fart. Uh, <laughs> you're starting to fight against uh, your future self, or one of your future self from one of the timelines. And so Krom performs the awakening and summons Naga. Uh, you know, although Krom now has the power to stop Grima, Naga only has enough power to put Grima to sleep for another thousand years. Um, which I think is like a kind of a common trope in JRPGs where it's like, I know you, you have this uh, happen in a uh, fantasy star where everything, every game is about a thousand years parts apart and it's the same yeah. big evil, um, that just comes back every thousand years. Yeah. You need, you need to set up the thing. Yeah, exactly. But it can't be like a direct sequel. It can't be one that's like 10 years later. It's gotta be, you know, millennia later. Yeah, because because if if your characters are like level a hundred, if you do a direct sequel, then it's like oh, I guess they went back to level one. Did they just like fell off a rock and like broke some bones <laughs> and got weaker? Uh, so you just set it like a thousand years apart, so you can just have like new characters who are level one yeah. again, and everything is fine. exactly. Um, you know, so basically, uh, you know, Naga explains that the only way to really destroy Grim is to have. Him destroy himself by basically getting the avatar or Robin to, you know, kind of like, you know, self immolate or, you know, take his own life. And you're going to link the fire. Yeah. And basically, Naga uh, says the avatar is only going to survive if the bronze with Krom and the shepherds are strong enough. Um, so, yeah, here you, you go to the final battle. Uh, do you want to kind of go sure. from here? Yeah, you go, you go to the final. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you go to the final battle against the the Grima. You manage to weaken it. Um, Crumb sets sets. You know, Crumb is like you're not gonna kill yourself to save the world. Blah blah. Usual like in conflict drama with like self sacrifice story. And Crumb can deliver the final blow to the dragon. Delivering the final blow to the dragon, I said, will like just send it to nap for another thousand year. Which yeah, it's gonna it's fine. Um, so at this point you have a choice because you can either let Chrome be on the final blow, which again means that the uh, dragon goes to sleep and the avatar starts to feel like oh, I could have done more, or you can stop Chrome from dealing the final blow and you can s- sacrifice yourself, sacrifice the avatar to wipe out Grimm, definitely. Uh, if you do this, Prom and the Shepherds will refuse to believe that the avatar is really dead. And the last scene is them vowing to find them and bring them home. And in the last scene, you wake up in a field, like the beginning of the game. And you see Chrome and Lisa, which in a nice, nice, you know, ending, mirror between the ending and the first scene, you see Chrome and Lisa who tell you to welcome you back home. 
everything is yeah nice. and everything's totally fine is it is it it's hard to tell with <laughs> with a time travel story that's like as fast as loose and loose as a, of it you know as this yeah i mean you know uh i, I mean the, the alternate t- timeline is still like fucked i think the alternate <laughs> timeline is still like not great <laughs> yeah it is that's one good timeline that's better than zero good timelines i mean it would be great if it ended like in the same way i mean you know Spoilers for uh, season three of Twin Peaks here, so jump a few minutes ahead if you haven't watched it, but uh, <laughs> or at least a minute ahead. But it'd be oh, just like a Laura, a random Laura Palmer. Yeah, and like you end. know, and uh, your avatar saying, "What year is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, telling you, if that, that would be great. yeah, if we if we could find someone, uh, some people with like develop you know software development skills and some art skills, like we can make this Twin Peaks. I mean, I, th- I think the hardest reality. I think the hardest part would be securing the rights <laughs> to the Twin Peaks brand, but sure, also let's find someone who can make the game. Yeah, I think that that would uh, that would be very difficult. Um. That said, I think it would be pretty David Lynch to just give the rights to some random people that like were wanted to make a tactic RPG about Twin Peaks. Just like, yeah, sure, you, you you get the right. Yeah, the right. Yeah, exactly. You know, or you could pull a like, uh, what is it, Deadly Premonition or Persona Four, and basically be like, <laughs> be like, this is very similar to Twin Peaks in a lot of ways, but it is not Twin Peaks. Mm. Fair. That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's the game. I I forgot to say a thing, which is like I found really. It was just like a neat detail. Uh, one of the mechan- we haven't talked about this, but one of the mechanics in a lot of Fire Emblem is that you can talk to people in the battle, right? You can like walk to people and talk, and this usually recruits them. And in a lot of Fire Emblem, this mechanic is like very obscure. You never know when when you should do that. This Fire Emblem, the fir- you do it the first time, I think, in the third battle of the game. And what happens is that literally the units on the field are placed in a way in the only move, the only like viable move that you can do with Chrome, which is, well, uh, with the avatar or Chrome, I don't remember, one of the two. Anyhow, the character who talks to people is to go to the first unit near you and talk to them. And that's like neat. That's like just a... a tiny bit of level design that's really functional and I really like mm-hmm. it because it explains a mechanic that's generally sort of obscure really neatly and that's cool. Yeah, that is a really cool mechanic. Um, yeah, so I guess we kind of like uh, inserted like our thoughts on the game like throughout, but you know, um, let's see. I guess before final thoughts uh, or kind of like, you know, what our final thoughts or overall take is, uh it would be interesting. I hit up uh, the uh, one of the uh, gaming slacks that I'm on, uh, which is uh, the Riceball Network Slack, and uh, was just kind of like because a lot of people over there are talking about Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses, and I was like, hey, we can do this podcast about Awakening, um, and it's so controversial among a lot of people. Like, what are what are some of your takes on it? And uh, so I'll just kind of like summarize like some of the things people said. Um, you know, and a big complaint I think was. Uh, uh some of the people felt like uh the map design was really like more more full of like open spaces and um was kind of like more jrpg based than like tactical where you know it's like like a lot more focused on sort of the jrpg like leveling mechanics uh versus actually you know you have this like really tight map and every movement really matters. And I mean, I can see that that's a change that's continued into like more recent games, but you know, some of those maps. Yeah, there, there is, if compared to the previous game, that is definitely um, a lot less emphasis on the environment. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of rough terrain, lots less rough terrain. Um, even the, like the GameCube game had like sort of like these ballistas, which were really important in certain level, but none of those kind of environmental dangers are that important in this game, which is more about walk to an enemy and see who has the the advantage in terms of weapons and the advantage in terms of like class and leveling it up so yeah it's definitely definitely moving where, where the game started hello just 
taking a uh, quick little break here uh, to uh, give you the heads up that you can uh, now support Combo Chain and Mega Ten Marathon and some of the games that we're working on. Uh, if you go to uh, Patreon uh, backslash uh, Mirror Image Studios, or um, you know, just go on Google and search Patreon uh, Mirror Image Studios. And basically what we're trying to do is just uh, kind of get some cash bank so we can help, uh, you know, just kind of pay for our uh, hosting, recording costs, and other things. None of us are, you know, looking to get rich off this, but uh, yeah, anything you can do to help is much appreciated, so... Definitely check out patreon.com, uh, Mirror Image Studios. Next. I can hear you now. Nice. Good. Okay, can you hear me now? Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how much you heard, but I was just saying that one thing that in the new game, <laughs> in the newer games like Post Awakening, that happens is, lo- is sometimes you'll hit these really big maps where uh, it's just <laughs> yeah. a pain to move sixteen units or however however you have, and so I just turn on the auto battle for the first two like the first two turns or something. Because I'm just like, I just want to get these 16, 16 uh, units closer to the enemy. Um, and I think that that's like a really, like, that's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> um, like, why why make that design decision? Like, why why make that design? Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, I, the, uh, Persona Q I think games, it's definitely, especially like when you automate play the grinding, it, that is definitely it's like, a different If you're going to make it so you can you automate grinding, from, just you know, the more straightforward, make it so grindy. Like, linear fire emblem in this one. Is the, the focus is definitely not anymore on the tactical battles, and that's not. I don't think that's by itself a bad thing. I think that it's uh, the game neatly structured to give you a sense of progression. All the um, all the system in the game sort of progress you in different way. You you progress your classes, become more powerful. You progress your relationship between your characters, which give you like a neat narrative progression. Um, it sort of has that, and again, I think there's a fundamental flaw in this cons- in the game that it's the all the character interaction is not particularly well written. But I think if that wasn't the case, this game would be really good at doing that because it has sort of that it has sort of the same pleasure of a, a episodic TV when it's you're not you're not looking at like this like pointed straightforward narrative which is like always dramatic, always intense, but you're actually like looking at mm-hmm. the day-to-day interaction between these characters and you're sort of going into side missions with them and yeah. so on and so on. I think a thing that we haven't mentioned is also that um, uh, once you get your doll to like smooch each other, um, aside from Lucina, Lucina, uh, other sons uh, and daughters of your main characters come in and they can be di- vaguely different in terms of class and ability depending on who you pair with each other which has some <laughs> iffy implication in terms of eugenetics, uh, which is not particularly great. But on the other hand, it's, I, I, it's, it's probably difficult to make a mechanic like this without implying some bad things. But aside from that, it's sort of like nice because you get this yeah. <laughs> clear, like big reward for your interactions that you did from your like uh, narrative growth that you did through the game so that's like this clear feedback system that works pretty well at rewarding you for uh, caring about this character that rewards you for caring about the relationships and being you know pairing them up in battle and all of this these systems end up uh, being very focused also in the battles. I think this is the um, one fire emblem where the combined attack, like if two units are near each other, one of the units can like help the other units if they're 
thing is high enough and this happens way more often than in other Fire Emblem. So it gives you this really sense of like, oh, this, this units are friends. They work with each other. You can even, and this is, this other one is a mechanic that carries from other Fire Emblems, but it's not in all of the game. You can sort of pair up two units to make a single unit that can switch each other. So I, I find, find it really interesting how all the mechanics sort of intersect to create this sort of, uh, slice of life military warfare friendship simulator, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good pairing of words. Uh, yeah, I think personally, I find the main fall of the whole thing is that the writing is not a, is not great, and <laughs> I don't I I don't love most of the characters, and I think this has got has gotten gradually better in the recent Fire Emblem. I think Tree Houses has probably some of the best, even though it's not great still. Um, but yeah, if if you want to be Persona, have storylines that are as interesting as like the Persona ones. I think it's my general take on it. I think that you, I think you kind of nailed it by saying that it's sort of like episodic TV. I, I almost kind of feel like um, like it reminds me of like TV shows that you're binging, you know, on Netflix or something like that. Like uh, um, you know, say I like binge like a season of I don't know Stranger Things or something, and then while I'm in it, I'm like, oh, I'm really engaged with the story. But after I finish it, I walk away and I'm like. Oh, I kind of like that character. I kind of like that character. I don't quite remember exactly what happened. Um, and I think that this one is. I, I, oh, I was, I, I was, sorry, just, I was thinking more rather than stuff like Stranger Things, which is more like single plus stuff. Although I haven't watched Stranger Things, so I might be wrong. I was thinking more of literally like you know self-contained episode, like series with like self-contained episode where like yes, you have this little plots that are going on, but what you're really looking for is like. Mm-hmm. seeing these characters interact and getting uh, and finding them endearing and getting like affection for them because you see them interact in a way that's not always like dramatic sometimes it's just like people having you know people like having lunch at the beginning of an episode that's like something that helps create create relatability with those characters and i feel Sort of the same, especially with the um, amount of like side quests that you get in Awakening and stuff like that. Sort of like the same pleasure of see, of having a game where right. you're not always seeing the characters at the maximum of intensity, but sometimes you're just seeing them hanging out, which is fun. I think it's something. Yeah, no, I, I like totally I get what you're saying. For, um, for, uh, yeah, it's sort of. Uh, I mean, kind of like almost like a procedural in that in that sense. Um, yeah, and I was actually I'm thinking about it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think that also one of the things that this game does is it has some interesting characters that it doesn't develop as well as it should have. But you can kind of, as a player, read into it. Like I, I totally forgot, but uh, to bring it up earlier, but uh, you know, Sarge is in this game, and she's a badass. <laughs> um, and there's other, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of questionable. It's pretty problematic, but at the same time, it's kind of cool that they have like this like weird boss dark mage in there who's just like sarcastic and like hates everything. Um, You know, who's like a moody like (laughs) sixteen year old goth like personality. So um, there is some some kind of fun like in the characters in that sense, you know. And then other ones are just sort of like you know, this is the sort of boring you know stand in character for this. But I mean, you know, yeah. Here's but, the I night. Mean, Here's the other you night. Yeah, I think that yes, and a lot of the people night. who I talked to on the Rice Balls of Lack brought this up. It's like, it's really kind of an imperfect game and it's not the most fun to sort of go back to it, but it's also a great entry point for players. And you can see that, you know, it's, you can see in the sales and the fact that it kind of like, it's profile rose. Um, not only like in the fact that, you know, it's got like the dating elements and everything, but all of the stuff that they did to make it more accessible. Uh, to players um you know now they're really kind of like splitting the difference where they're like okay you can turn permadeath on and you can play this in hard mode or you can just kind of play it play it as like you know a kind of easy jrpg dating simulator you know how however you want to approach it and i i am totally fine with that and i think that they've done it more in a more interesting way definitely with three houses but even with fates yeah i think it's definitely you know on one hand i would like to see more complexity in terms of maps in terms of how like strategy involved but also like the 
things like making the, the giving you a difficulty switch, giving you optional permanence, those are great. Those are just like fine. I, I don't, people complaining that there is an option to play the game in a way yeah. that they don't want it to be played, where they don't want it to be played. It's just like silly and dumb, and I have no time for that. Uh, I'm gonna still be playing it with permanence because I mm. find that fun. I even like, I even play Pokemon game with like fake permadeath where I release all the Pokemon that dies. Yeah, I feel the same way. But, and I, uh, yeah, it's like, it's I one of those things gonna, where it's like gate, gatekeepers and go games are just on Twitter and shout at people who don't. Um, do that because that, I mean, that I think of like, uh, you know, there's definitely like within the, like, you know, like Shimigami Tensei fandom, like there's yeah, people who yeah. look down on Persona and even like the more recent SMT games because, uh, you know, um, Persona games are a little easier and like, even the more recent SMT games, like because they're portable, they have like save anywhere, which inherently makes the games easier. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 am a grown adult and I have limited time uh, to play games and I don't have like the time and patience unless I'm really like devoting, you know, I'm like, okay, well I'm playing this game for a podcast, (laughs) like, you know, Nocturne is a great game, but it's an hour and a half of like trekking through random battles to get from one safe, pl- safe place to the next. And it's like, I don't have time for that. Um, like that, that, that'd be great when I was 15, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Dark, exactly. Save exactly. Um, uh, and, you know, ever, result, and they allow you to play you know, the games. Would we still like, be getting like SMT humanely. or Persona games if it wasn't for like sort of the, um, uh, or Fire Emblem games, if it wasn't for these like sort of like additional accessibility things, I doubt it. I really doubt it, you know, so and I'd rather, rather have them. So yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Um, nothing comes to mind. It's nice. Um, it's, it, 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 it's a, it's a nice game. I think I'm, again, I didn't particularly mm-hmm. enjoy it when it came out, but yeah, I think I'm right again, there with you. Like, I think that uh, going back to it, it's once you accept that I, this I, is I a different beast from like other Fire Emblem games, you know, it's, it's fine for what it is. That's why I, I wish the writing was a bit better. On um, Slack and was asking people like, you know, I, I like this game, but you know, there's this, so, it's so divisive. Why, why do you think that is? And then I started playing it again, and I was like, oh yeah, like it's missing some of the elements, and it's also uh, the made previous games great, and it's also sort of um, you know not not as not as compelling as it could be. Like the plot is. The plot could be interesting. Oh, it's got I, a lot I, of things, a lot of hooks that, that brought me in during the game, like time travel stuff and t- alternate timeline stuff. And I could, the characters were likable enough that I could read into them, like, oh, I like this character because of this or that, you know. But yeah, the writing is just not there to really like support it as a compelling narrative. Also, I'd be completely fine if I don't ever see the trope of the character who's really would, into every woman he I sees. I would be totally fine with that and character never existing also. Like, um, ever in games. I'd be completely yeah, fine if the, yeah, that type of character sort of... wasn't in every game. In any game ever, again, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, this is unrelated, and this is not about this game, but the, the soundtrack for Fire Emblem Three Houses slaps and I know that this is a very young. Oh yeah, it's real good. Years, it's real good. I mean, one of the things I mean, not to get, like the fight team is like great. I think or three houses. I, I definitely like one thing that's interesting. In it while I play that surprised it because, me, but I think speaks to yeah, some of those positive changes is that Koei Tecmo did a lot of development on Three Houses. So it was kind of a collaboration between Intelligent Systems and Koei Tecmo, who you know is practically turned into like. They're not actually a second-party developer for Nintendo, but like they're developing a lot of Nintendo first-party games behind the scenes. It's interesting. It goes some interesting places, but I will we'll leave that uh-huh. to you. It's, yeah, uh, I, I need to finish Three Houses because I am really curious to know where the plot is going. Uh, but yeah. I, I I am pa- I am past the time skip and things are happening and I'm like. And, and I am not sure if the game. I'm not going to say anything, stop but uh, you, the time yes. the, at the I think those are good questions to be asked. The main goddess priestess character just killed a bunch of civilians. It's like, is that fine for the game? Anyhow. Oh, no. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, just closing it out. I mean, do you have anything? Is there anything that you'd like to uh, 
mention that you post online or you do that you want to kind of like promote, David? <laughs> I have a Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at ACC the Moon, uh, where I generally post nothing interesting. Uh, also, if you want to play some of the bad games that I made, you can go at actuallythemoon.itch.io and I made a conversion, <laughs> conversational Waka Tentacle, uh, a, a button that gives you a random record if you don't know what music to listen and a bunch of other stuff. It's all there. You can play them. I would not recommend to. It's but uh, that's that's one of the routes that you can choose in the JRPG plot of your life. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd add is, uh, you know, if you like the show, like rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, And uh, also if you're into Shin Megami Tensei and uh, uh, Persona, uh, check out my other podcast, Mega 10 Marathon, which is at mega 10 marathon.com. And my Twitter is, Paul and Davis, but I don't really post a lot to it. Um, anyway, yeah, thanks so much for being on this, David. Oh, th- thanks to you for having me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love podcasts because I get to like play games that otherwise I wouldn't play. That otherwise I would just be like 10 minutes and leave them alone. Uh, yeah, thanks to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my approach to it too. I, I definitely wouldn't be, you know, replaying uh, Awakening or, uh, you know, playing a uh, 25-year-old Super Nintendo JRPG, like we just did with Shimagami Tensei too. If it wasn't for a podcast, so it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. But yeah, awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, if we do another uh, show on a game that you're interested in, uh, you'd be interested in coming on coming on. Sure, sure. Whenever I, I again, I don't have anything going on in my life, so I can just like <laughs> I don't know. If if you need a last minute hot take on three houses I can get at any point. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we'll do we'll do like a like an like an extra three houses so or something. <laughs> awesome. Well thanks for listening, everybody who has. And uh yeah, uh we will be or I will be back uh at some point in the near future. Um depending on how much time I have available, sometime soon or maybe in a couple months like <laughs> happened this with this episode. But yeah, thanks for listening.